welcome to the monthly Skill Bites show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skill Bites author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Hello and welcome again. I am delighted to have with me today Deb Coviello. Deb is the author of CEO's Compass, Your Guide to Getting Back on Track, and she's the host of the Drop-In CEO podcast. After 25 plus years in quality and operational excellence roles, Deb has a deep understanding for what's important when it comes to creating solutions for CEOs by assessing the landscape, solving their technical business issues, and elevating their people for a lasting impact and ultimately peace of mind. Deb, welcome. I'm so delighted to have you with us today. Judy, I am so excited for the opportunity and even more fortunate to know you on this journey. So thank you for an opportunity to be speaking to your listeners. I would love to hear about how you got into this work. So maybe give us a little bit of the backstory. Well, let's just say coming up in corporate, because I spent 25 years in corporate after getting an engineering degree and falling in love with manufacturing. And, you know, I had the good fortune of being in some major companies that really helped with my leadership and technical skill development, aerospace, uh, electromagnetic manufacturing, chemical industry, finally the flavor and fragrance industry. But it's one of those things along the way I did not have a lot of mentors. I made mistakes, found my way, and often dropped into tough situations for which there was no guidance or playbook on what to do. So, I mean, it came out of, first of all, the love for working in operations, working with senior business leaders, and ultimately saying, you know, I see the same patterns over and over again. And now, as I moved into my own business, Illumination Partners, serving CEOs, founders, business leaders, medium-sized companies going through some kind of change. Those leaders also sometimes feel off track mm -hmm. and I know them. I understand them. I've been there. So the book came out of that need to connect with them, exchange stories, but also be part of the solution to your point so we can have an impact and they can continue to grow their business. So uh, that's a little bit of the business journey, engineering background, great foundation, lots and lots of technical skills and quality and operational excellence. And a husband, three wonderful children and a dog, Reagan, who is very nicely sitting quiet in the office with me. So, so happy to share that backstory with you. Very good. Well, you certainly have a varied background. And so that gives you this terrific perspective. And if you're seeing the same issues over and over again, then it doesn't really matter what the background or the industry is that you're working with, you're going to be able to help whoever it is. You know, you bring up a really good point as a business owner trying to find my way and what market I serve. We did talk about writing the book to serve the CEO and senior business leader, but 
out of that, the same insights transcend other people at different parts in their career journey that are also going through some kind of change, transformation, or the environment changes. So yes, it is written directly to a single entity, but it transcends wherever you might be and regardless of the industry. Because I think so often, the books, there are many, many leadership books, but they fall short because they tell you what to do and follow that five-step process. But what they don't do is spend time in personal development with the leader. They need to understand the leader. They need to be the decisions they make. And then I break it out for them on how to do it. So it's a very practical, can do, get results in days, not months kind of practical guide, the guide I wish I had uh, coming up. And you're right, it can transcend many industries and leaders at wherever they are. Excellent. Well, sounds like a terrific resource. I'd love to go back now to when you chose to write this book and the whole book writing journey. What was that like? Well, first of all, I would say I had to write the book because I was writing and creating so much on social media, LinkedIn and Facebook. I found my joy. I found the need to write and do video and share my insights with others. And a person said to me once, they said, you're writing a lot. It's great stuff, but I don't get you. What's your message? Can you distill it down for us so that we know who you are and how you can help people and who you help? And so one, it was a necessity. I had to distill it down to say, this is what Deb stands for. And here's who she can help and how she can help. So the book became part of the plan when I was in 2020. I said, I got to get this thing done so I can start doing something and impacting people in 2021. So intentionality, discipline, it was in the roadmap. And I said, if this is going to get done by third quarter 2021, I needed to find somebody to help me in the process by October or November, because I knew it was going to be a long and challenging process. So um, I, I had to, I had to, and you know what, I, there's probably a couple more books in me. One of the challenges was to try to find out which book I needed to write now. So what were some of those big challenges that you encountered and how did you overcome them? So here's the interesting story, Judy, and it's really interesting. So I am a highly organized person. I am a lean practitioner. I go into organizations and get rid of waste and complexity and simplify things. And I had so many ideas, <laughs> which ideas were the ones that needed to get in the book? How could I distill it? What was the message? And so I think getting organized and follow and, and following your guidance, I would have to say, I mean, kudos to you. You came in at the right time and asking me the right questions. Like, what is the system? What is that system that you can say, leaders, this is what you need and be able to do something with it later on. So I literally, I sat in my mother's family room and I had hundreds of post-it notes of ideas <laughs> and I had to lay them out and organize them. And all of a sudden they spoke to me. They started speaking to me about the different areas of thoughts that I had to say, this is what you need to do. And it came together as about seven different areas that needed to be shared with leaders and ultimately to get to true north. So I said, okay, I can make a house. What infographic, how am I going to convey this? And ultimately I landed on a compass. 
And a compass became my guide, my perfect tool to be able to organize all my thoughts around it. And then that's how we took off and created the CEO's compass. So organization was the hard part in the beginning. Okay. Can you maybe share some of those seven um, areas for leaders to, uh, to, to know where their true north is? So thank you for that question. The one biggest one is the northmost point. I call it peace of mind and peace of mind. Whoa, what is that? You know, that's not a result. That's not a KPI. That's not EBITDA or the bottom line. But I say, wait a second, peace of mind. So often leaders get tied into the day to day that they're just trying to get a result. And then they think they're successful. They have a certain amount of market share. But I said, you know, ultimately, your customers could go someplace else. So you, they're always staying up at night. How do I know that customer is not going to leave me for somebody else? And until the leader has everything going in the right direction, they will not have peace of mind. And peace of mind is very personal. And I think some leaders that have seen that uh, understand what it is. And so peace of mind is a new concept. That is the northmost point. And I do have some, one, some points that are not rocket science. They are around purpose and performance, people, process, and platforms. There's lots of literature written around that. But what's different is I ask the leader to think about their position. What do they do in the organization on a human level? Because the more they invest in the humans, they don't need more equipment, more technology, more complex processes. It is very human based on how can we elevate their impact, which is a little bit different as I go through those points. And the last two points are different. It's the past, which represents culture, and pride, which is the intersection of humanity and their intellectual property. So often leaders forget the past and the pride, and they surge forward only to have it bite them in the end. So those are the eight compass points. Ah, so now there's eight, because I thought I heard you say earlier seven. Well, seven is that this, there's seven compass points for which you can, as a leader, take action in any direction where you are off track with true north being peace of mind is where gotcha. you arrive. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, so culture is something that is so vital in organizations. It's really difficult to get your arms around it. How do you coach CEOs with, about culture? So wonderful question. I've never been asked that before. You know, what I have to see it say is that a small and medium-sized company, they get it because they are small. They have multiple hats. They grew up together very often. It's a small, close-knit group and who they are and how they act. They celebrate their differences and their battle wounds from having gotten through tough times together. They've built the culture together. So for which a leader doesn't have to look at that compass point. But it's really about staying connected to the people and understanding their diverse backgrounds and the value they bring and then bringing them forward. And the challenge I've found is that CEOs of the larger corporations, while they talk about having the right culture, when you get down to it and talk to the people, um, they don't feel valued. 
They don't feel well connected. They show up at a meeting, they form these improvement teams, and the leader just gets down to the task at hand. And they don't take the time to get to know the people. I once had to integrate a new company, a small company, only 25 people into the larger company of about a thousand. And the leadership was so focused on getting them on our technology platform. And ultimately, parts of the organization crashed and burned. However, when I spent time to get to know the people and what made them really special, yes, we had challenges during the integration, but they knew that they were respected because I took the time to ask them questions about who they were and what their value was. So they were resilient and they figured it out how to get through the different challenges for which we did not have any issues or disruption of service. So that's the importance of culture. Make sure you find a way to stay connected to your people and recognize their value and their differences. Right. And it certainly applies when you are acquiring another entity or if you're being acquired, but it also applies in the hiring process. You want to hire the people that are going to embody your company's values and, and fit in well with your company's culture. Um, true, but also make sure um, not just fit in, but also bring in different views for which then the culture celebrates those differences. If you hire all the people that think the same, you're only going to get <laughs> the same result. Make sure you celebrate the people that have alternate opinions as well. So tell us a little bit about how you work with a company that hires you. Maybe the CEO feels that he's not quite or she's not quite on track. Uh, how, do you, how do you work with them? <laughs> I can see one right now that I am working with and, you know, going from a place of, hello, Deb, we were referred to you. Uh, we hear you have some skills. We need this done. Can you help us? And so we do the dance, we do the proposal, we have a conversation, but there's this uncertainty in their voice. And even when I show up on site and they say, yes, we'd like to work with you, even in those first two or three weeks, you have to listen. You have to look at their body language. There is so uncertainty. Not only do they have the day-to-day -to, -day to take care of, but now they have a major change they have to go through. I find working with these leaders, first of all, are amazing. They have the awareness to know they need the external help and the courage to ask before it becomes a crisis. Those are my perfect people. And then when we get to the task at hand, I got to be careful not to say, let's go, because I'm an action-oriented person. It's, let's talk about how you're feeling. What do you see? How do we want to work together? I can teach you. Let me show you. Let me create a roadmap so you see where we're going. They so appreciate that. And then in the process, we go from me doing and me directing and again, we'll move forward together to Deb. We want to do this. Hey, Deb, we want to show you this, what we've done. What do you think? So going from a place of pushing to seeing the organization evolve and pulling you is the transformation that we experience together. That's what we do. Wow. That's great. I can imagine that there are so many entities that really need your services. It's, there are many that need, but I only go to the people that value the work that I do because some people may not be in the right mindset. They want a quick fix. They want to see instantaneous results in their bottom line or top line sales. It doesn't happen that quickly. They need to be committed to the change as well. And 
really make some changes. I mean, one of the changes we had was there was a couple people in the organization that had worked together for many years, but one was senior to the other. And I come into the organization and say, we need to make some changes in how this person is behaving or responding. We need to educate them. We need to help them understand. And I actually, they said, yes, you're right. We didn't see it that way. And they rose to the occasion. They evolved their leadership and was able to have conversations, say, if we're going to achieve this goal, you need to change. And how can I help you to change? <laughs> Not all organizations want to be hands-on and go through a transformation. They just expect the consultant to come in, the people will execute, and they get the result. We need leaders that are engaged in the process. And those are the ones that work best together with me. Yes. When the leader dictates that a, a team is going to do something, but the leader's not walking the talk, then the results don't follow. Yes. <laughs> and I've seen that happen over and over again. So that's why I focus on the medium-sized companies. They just have a can-do attitude and they celebrate somebody that can help with the capacity and building capability in the organization. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So if people did want to reach out to you, what would be the best way to do that? So we're going to get this right, Judy. Best way, start with my website, dropinceo.com, D-R-O-P-I-N-C-E-O.com. That's my website. You can learn about myself as well as the CEO's Compass. I also am on LinkedIn. Just look for Deborah A. Coviello or the Drop In CEO, which is the brand. You can find me there. I would love to connect with people, just have a conversation Talk about your opportunities and challenges, and maybe I can share a few tips with you, but certainly the CEO's Compass is a great resource and the Drop-In CEO podcast available on many platforms, free content, insights, and inspiration from industry leaders. Right. And the CEO Compass is available on Amazon and other book outlets. I'm so excited. I'm grateful because this piece is getting out into the world and I'm having people comment on it. And um, I can't wait for people to pass the compass onto others that need it. Yeah, I know that it's not been out for very long, but what have you seen in terms of the impact on you and your business from having your book out there? Well, truthfully, I become more interesting. It, uh, from a business perspective, it does validate uh, a level of expertise and credibility. So as soon as I got the book out, oh my, uh, I became interesting enough to other podcast hosts. I am in the process of uh, preparing for two speaking events. Uh, people got excited because they were watching me for so long. So as soon as I announced the book, my social media popped. So they've been waiting for me to write something meaningful. I got my first Amazon review, it was stellar. I'm so excited and can't wait for other people to show the book and start saying what they think about it and maybe pass it on to others. So it's it's been exciting for me personally, rewarding to see that I'm getting some recognition, but that's only part of it. It's who else can I get the book? Whose hands need this? Who should we pass this to? Because there's somebody out there who is ready for a compass, who wants to be able to build their career or move their business. Excellent. Well, Deb, thanks so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Deb, you can find her book online and you can find her podcast at the dropinceo.com. Judy. <laughs>